Welcome to our Exchanges at Goldman Sachs Markets Update for April 24th. Each week, we check in with leaders across the firm to get a quick take on what they're watching in the markets. I'm Jake Seward, Global Head of Corporate Communications here at the firm. And today's guest is Sarah Kiernan, Head of America's Commodity Sales and COO of our Global Commodities Business as part of our Global Markets Division. Welcome back to the program, Sarah. Thank you very much. Things have changed since I was last year. Yeah, we don't get to do it in person this time, Well, but at least I can see your face. So, Sarah, it's hard to uh, escape conversation around oil. Everyone's watching the oil market this week in particular. What's the headline that you're following? Yeah, I mean, the headline is the headline. I think just the fact that the price settled at you know negative 37.63 on Monday, negative for the first time ever, is hugely important and kind of a paradigm shift from what we've seen in the past. Obviously, commodity markets are about fundamentals, but there are some some technical issues around the oils markets. What's happening beneath the hood? Explain the fundamental state of play here. Yeah, so the fundamental story with what happened on Monday was really the interplay of extreme weakness in the physical crude market and the technical dynamics of the market being very long going into the May contract expiry on Tuesday. The physical market is very weak. You know, when I was there in um, February, I think we talked about demand being down 3 million barrels per day globally. Now it's down 25 million barrels per day. So 25% of global demand is disappeared. And in April, we were still having production at the record levels of 100 million barrels per day. So with that much of an imbalance, you're going to have problems and you're going to run out of storage. So our research team has been saying for you know, weeks that we're going to run out of storage, and they expect that to happen now at the beginning of May. But, you know, so that'll take price-driven shut-ins will be necessary of, you know, 5 million barrels per day to balance the market. But you don't need a price of negative $37 per barrel to, to drive shut-ins. And that really happened because the market ran into record length positioning issues because of record inflows into ETFs and retail investor issues. So on Monday, you had 55 million barrels of length trying to sell into a very weak physical market to avoid taking delivery on Tuesday. And that drove this massive price dislocation. So how are your clients thinking about this weakness in the sector and, and how are they positioning themselves? You obviously have corporate clients and, and, and more financial players. How, how are they positioning themselves given the dislocation in the market? Yeah, I think, I think that's exactly right. In commodities, we have three principal types of clients. Um, the first are investors who are looking to gain exposure to commodities as an asset class. And I think, you know, they're thinking about how do they deal with taking and integrating an asset class into their portfolio, which can actually go negative, unlike equities or bonds. So we've seen, you know, USO, the ETF, which is the biggest one, try to deal with that by pushing their positions further out the curve this week. And that's a really topical question across that type of investor. We also have hedge funds and tactical traders. I think they're starting now, given how weak prices have gotten, to kind of focus on when is a rally going to start. If we take that crude production offline, as soon as you have a pickup in demand, then the price has to go up because you're, again, out of balance, but this time it's tight. They're focusing on that, as well as questions about, you know, fundamental questions and how do we value positions? How do we think about volatility in a world where prices are no longer bounded at zero? The CME now has open interest in 50 cent oil puts in June, which you know we've never seen before. And then finally, as you mentioned, corporate. That's one of our biggest client bases. And corporates inherently have exposure to oil prices because that's what their revenues are. They're producing oil or they're producing gas. They were already struggling with financing because they had been largely shut out of the high yield market over the last few months and a year, even really before this big sell-off. So we're trying to work with them just to think about you know, how do they get through this? How do they raise finance? So our core business is in basically price transfer and providing them revenue certainty through hedging, which can allow them to access those markets. 
maybe helping them find some value in assets that they haven't fully valued, that have some optionality they haven't been able to unlock, or even working with alternative financing solutions to help them get through these times. So while everyone else is focused on the price, you have to look at the data. What's one piece of economic data or news that you're watching in the next week? Yeah, I mean, I think that every week we see the EIA storage numbers come out and that just shows us what's happening with the crude stocks that week, whether we're building as we've been doing or drawing. So we'll see that next Wednesday. That's not as much of a market moving event as, as maybe it once was because there's some pretty good data beforehand that lets people know, you know what to expect there. But you know, we'll see what's happening. And are we getting close to breaching that storage level in the next week or so? Aside from that, the OPEC cuts are supposed to come into play next Friday. So if there's any news around that, either bringing them forward or delaying would be bearish as well. And then just political things like Trump tweet on Iran, you know, provided some some support uh, for the market shortly. So, you know, just headlines like that. Okay, Sarah, before we wrap up, what's the biggest thing you've learned from running a team remotely and trading in a very volatile market? I think really it's just reinforced the importance of seeing people, ideally face-to-face, but through things like this on Zoom and connecting with them on a personal level and just the importance of kind of that interpersonal relationship and remembering that when you check in with them, see how they're doing, see how people are feeling and not just keeping it all about what's going on this second, even though it is incredibly volatile. And I've also just learned, we knew this, but just how incredibly dedicated and hardworking our people are across the board from the engineers who mobilized to get technological solutions we didn't even know were possible out to the firm to allow 98% of us to work effectively remotely from home. Traders for staying on top of these incredibly volatile markets and the salespeople for staying in touch with clients. So it's been really impressive, but it has also really emphasized how much we do like seeing each other and working together and how rewarding that is on a day-to-day basis. Well, thanks for joining us again, Sarah. Look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thanks, Jake. That's all for this week's Markets Update on exchanges at Goldman Sachs. And for more on the big moves in oil markets, check out our episode from earlier this week with Jeff Curry and other leaders from across Goldman Sachs who provide an update on the state of oil markets as negative prices emerged. Thanks for listening. I hope everyone's staying healthy and safe. This podcast was recorded on April 23rd, 2020. All price references and market forecasts correspond to the date of this recording. This podcast should not be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced in whole or in part. The information contained in this podcast does not constitute research or a recommendation from any Goldman Sachs entity to the listener. Neither Goldman Sachs nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information contained in this podcast, and any liability, therefore, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, is expressly disclaimed. The views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of Goldman Sachs, and Goldman Sachs is not providing any financial, economic, legal, accounting, or tax advice or recommendations in this podcast. In addition, the receipt of this podcast by any listener is not to be taken as constituting the giving of investment advice by Goldman Sachs to that listener, nor to constitute such person a client of any Goldman Sachs entity.